4: and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Craig
0: Peterson experience.
3: He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On V-CEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: It is hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a tremendous hour for you. In 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Albert Wynn. You know him better as analytics capper. We're going to be taking a look at all that we got here in week 16 of the NFL season. Going to be taking a little bit of a look forward week 17, and on top of that, we're also going to be diving into some Monday Night Football with him. And if you missed my little bit of a breakdown that we did in hour number one of Monday Night Football, Have no fear, I've got some player props for you and got a side in total in terms of Monday Night Football for this Monday, going to be a little bit more of a Bear Monday, as unfortunately we don't have any college football, or I should say we don't have any college basketball, which that makes me a little bit sad, but with that said, we are going to have a relatively full slate of the NBA, as so many people, they always like to say that the NBA really starts to get cooking on Christmas Day, and I am a little bit of a believer in that as well, and saw some very interesting results, actually, as I've been on this show. I know that many of you guys might have been sweating out that Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets game with the Nuggets getting the win and had a little bit of a middle in that game as it was a number that it opened up in some spots more around two and a half, and then it goes to three to four, so some of you might have still been able to get a push if you had taken a very early three and well, if you had the four and you took the Phoenix Suns, you're able to get to the window on that one as well. So, it's a, a lot of movement in terms of that one. And we have seen just a lot of movement in general in terms of the NBA. And typically, the NBA is a sport that it doesn't really lend itself to a lot of teams that are door, towards the middle-slash-bottom of the futures board market being able to come through. But, I mean, we have seen some teams be able to rise up this season. We've had the Utah Jazz Starting to come back down to earth a little bit. They're 5-5 five and five in their last ten, but you know what? They're in the seventh spot. If things wrap up today, the Sacramento Kings, they'd be avoiding the play in tournament if, seasons, if the season ended today. And the New Orleans Pelicans, they'd be able to do a solid job as well. A little bit harder to be able to break down so many of these NBA games, which is why I don't do as much on this show night before, just because right now in the case of M- the NBA, those of you guys that bet this thing day in and day out, as you guys know, a lot of it is based on injury reports that typically you don't know until like two, three hours before the game because we've had a lot of load management. So that's always a whole heck of a lot of fun. But I have been very impressed by what we've been seeing out of some of these top teams out in the Eastern Conference in particular. And the Boston Celtics being able to take it to the Milwaukee Bucks really did say something to me. This is a Celtics team that all of a sudden they've been able to Just really find it with their offense all season long. And you take a look at their offensive efficiency. It's really been second to none with Jason Tatum being able to lead the way. He had 41 points on Christmas Day. And I think that it's just really interesting for more or less the MVP race as well. Because, I mean, we saw all the turmoil that the Celtics were going through during the offseason. But now they've been able to stabilize. And if you're looking at the MVP odds, Jason Tatum, after what we saw on Christmas Day, he's at plus 250 and. I think that that's a relatively reasonable price. The big thing that I just have in terms of this NBA MVP race right now is Nikolai Jokic is at plus 450. I think that there could be a case in which Jokic has the best numbers. He's probably more than deserving of it, but just does not get it because you've got two things that are playing into just Nikolai Jokic and him perhaps not getting the award. As we remember, he was able to get the award last season, and I thought that he was worthy of the award, but... We saw in the playoffs, the Denver Nuggets not be able to get the job done, and you tell that there were a lot of people being like, yeah, you know what, even though the Denver Nuggets, they were the solid team during the regular season, Jokic was able to put up all these numbers. Feeling a little bit salty that he got the MVP award based on what happened in the playoffs, and I do think that that is going to be lingering in some of these voters' minds being like, yeah, you know what, Jokic, he was really good during the regular season. I mean, that's a guy that I recognize that it took overtime, but 41 points, 15 ports, 15 assists on Christmas Day in a winning effort. That's pretty stinking good right there. But still, you've got your question marks there as to whether or not he's going to be able to pull it off. And then health always plays a big factor with this as well. Joel Embiid just has never really been able to stay healthy for a full season. He's sitting there at 10 to 1. Kevin Durant has been getting a little bit banged up in recent years. He's at 9 to 1. You got really Giannis and Jason Tatum and just hard to really look. Elsewhere, Zion Williamson has found himself at 30 to 1. As we know, that's a little bit of an issue. If I'm looking at someone that might have a little bit of possibility, it'll probably be Spider Mitchell, who's finding himself at 30 to 1. He's been really intriguing to me. And we saw with Devin Booker, currently he's sitting at 30 to 1. Big question mark that you've got coming out of the Christmas Day games. What is going to be the status of Devin Booker moving forward? Because he played just four minutes. In that game against the Denver Nuggets. He had, was dealing with injury to start out with. As this was really the first action they had seen in a little bit over a week. And you know, were expi- excited to see what he was going to be able to bring to the table. And he left due to a groin in- injury. And you just have your question marks in general with this Phoenix Suns team. Because we've just seen Chris Paul never be able to win a title. And there are some players that in the NBA. They just are never able to pull it off for a various wide variety of reasons. Like. We saw it with the Utah Jazz way back in the day. This is going back to Carl Malone, John Stockton, just because you have Michael Jordan out there, and that makes things very, very difficult to win a title when you've got a guy like that. We've seen it in the past with someone like Charles Barkley, a little bit of a tough time in that era, and the few years that you were without Michael Jordan just wasn't able to bust through there. And when it comes to Chris Paul, it just always feels like something goes wrong for him, whether it be an injury with himself. He said, I'm going to call it what it is, the meltdown in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks, where that was a bad matchup for them for one and for two. He just didn't play his best in general. Now you've got Devin Booker who's dealing with a little bit of an injury. There was some strife in the offseason with DeAndre Aiden and the coaching staff. You've got to have your question marks, in my opinion, with this Phoenix Suns team, who are now 5-15. and And the big thing that I take a look at for the Phoenix Suns, 10 losses away from home. They're 5-10 and on the road, and we are noticing this season that, Home-court advantage has really been meaningful for a lot of these teams. Look no further than the Golden State Warriors. And that is a big quantum shift that we're seeing in the NBA because typically when you think of home-court advantage, you think more of college basketball. And it's certainly something that I handicapped very, very heavily when it comes to college basketball because the difference between Cameron Indoor Stadium, Fog Field Fieldhouse. You're able to go down all the lists of illustrious stadiums that you have in college basketball. It's big compared to, I hate to be that guy, but those are fans of the Metro Atlantic where it's a bus ride to be able to go from one school in the state of New York to the other. And you know what? The schools, when it comes to like Iona, Siena, they do the best job that they can of being able to pack the sands. But it's not quite the same as when you go to like a fog-out field house, assembly hall out there in the great state of Indiana. You're able to go down the list. You just don't necessarily have that same amount of juice. Meanwhile, we've been noticing it in the NBA this season. I mean, man, other than really Charlotte, Detroit, I think that you could probably throw in there the Houston Rockets as well. All of these home sites, they've just had so much juice to them. And I think that that's a big handicapping angle as well, because typically they always say in terms of so many of these sports, you award home field, home court, whether you're talking about football or basketball three points. I think that's probably a little bit more meaningful this year as well with the way the teams have just been playing so differently. But something else that is really standing out to me in terms of the NBA right now as well is just all these teams are sort of in the middle because we haven't really been able to see a lot of teams be able to ascend. Right now, you've got the Boston Celtics on top of the East by a game and a half. And right now, you've got the Denver Nuggets on top of the West by a game. I don't, have any confidence whatsoever in the Denver Nuggets being able to come out of the west in the east yeah the Boston Celtics they were able to get there last year and they're coming off of a very nice Christmas day game win over the Milwaukee Bucks but would it be far-fetched to see a team like the Philadelphia 76ers who if the season were to end today they'd be the number five seed out in that eastern conference be able to make the NBA finals I don't think so as well and I think that that provides a very solid opportunity you just take a look at the odds board these are all via draft kings and you just take a look at the features in general odds be able to win the title you got the celtics as a very clear runaway number one at plus 380 the bucks are a very clear number two at 6-1 and then from there you got the clippers and the nets at 8-1 to and it just feels like a broken board at this point i think that you can find some very good value with a team like the cleveland cavaliers at 20-1 to Do I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are that clear top team in the NBA? No. Could they perhaps become that? I think that there is a little bit of a possibility. You now bring in some veteran leadership with Donovan Mitchell. I recognize that he was never able to win a title or anything like that while he was with Utah, but he's used to being able to make some playoff runs. He's sort of a been there, done that guy for a young core that is starting to ascend. They are starting to add more pieces to this roster. You've got a lot of guys that are finding their role with this team and are starting to be able to gel. And I think that that's very important. Meanwhile, just still, the Nets being at 8-1, to one, there are teams that year in and year out, they just get overvalued. I mean, it feels like the same song and dance with this Brooklyn Nets team. We always have faith that, all right, now it's finally going to be the next time to be able to bust through, and it just doesn't happen. And you just have some of those teams, whether it be The NBA, college basketball, NFL, list goes on and on that they get overvalued for many, many years. Like in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week in and week out. They certainly have been that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get the job done on Christmas night, but they probably should not have been a seven and a half point favorite, even though it was against terrible Trace McSworthy of the Cardinals, who for three and a half quarters played better than Tom Brady did. So there you've just got these strange teams that they get a little bit overhyped the nets are certainly on that front and then when you're able to find someone that is a little bit up and coming like the cavaliers the pelicans being at 20 to 1 to be able to win the title i would say you probably want to look at more of an ancillary market like odds to be able to win the west for the uh, for the pelicans that's more around plus 850 i do think that it provides itself with a lot of value now Things are going to be getting much more hot and heavy now that we have cleared the Christmas Day games. But I do think that it's so fascinating that with the NBA, even though 30-plus games have been played by so many of these teams, we have seen such little market movement. And I do think that now that we've got a nice sample size, these teams have a nice lather, you're able to find the haves and the have-nots. And someone that is a have... When it comes to the indicator when it comes to the industry, that would be our good friend Albert Wynn. You know him better as analytics We're Coming up next, we're going to be talking about what we all saw in Week 16 with him here on Beeson Esports Betting Network.
4: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on FSN, the sports betting network.
5: Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is the most simple way to enjoy nicotine because most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for. But Zen Nicotine Pouches, they might surprise you because they're made with six simple ingredients and it's completely tobacco-free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you. That is at Zin.com zyn.com today and warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine it is an addictive chemical as we're back here on the greg peterson experience on am and the sports bank network we are joined now by albert Wynn. you know him better as analytics capper and albert happy holidays to you and yours thank you so much for joining me tonight
6: yes greg thank you so much for having me on merry christmas happy holidays to your loved ones i went a little casual today i love your red suit there looking sharp thank you and I do like the
5: <laughs> fact that we're going a little bit more casual today as well. It provides a nice little dynamic. And speaking of dynamics, we saw a dynamic weekend in the NFL. And what do you make just out of what we saw on Sunday with the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings setting up a really good one for this weekend, one that has lots of playoff implications because with the Packers, they had to rally from being down 10 points or for the Vikings. Amen. All this team does is win one score games, it seems.
6: Yeah, it's, they're almost, they have this aura around them, right? Kind of like the team of Destiny. We see that in other sports, especially in in college basketball, your forte there. But I I believe the Vikings are 11-0 in one score games. Yeah, um, unbelievable comeback against the Giants there. I thought the Giants were going to take it and win it. Really bad fumble there to end the game. And then on the other game, Packers-Dolphins. Dolphins Dolphins were up 20-10 with the ball late in the first half. And they proceeded to fumble, give up a score. Packers get the ball first in the second half and scored again, so they they did the double score there. And the game was tied before the Dolphins touched the ball again. So I mean, those are the mistakes that a, a good team can't make if you're trying to make make it into the playoffs or contend in the playoffs. So you know, Dolphins I believe had four uh, turnovers altogether. Tua with three interceptions. Green Bay Packers, man, they're slowly getting into form, and we mentioned this in a previous podcast or a previous show here, Greg. But they're getting healthier and healthier each week. That's three straight wins now. They're still in a hunt. And you're right, they're heading uh, and playing Minnesota, which could be a a potential playoff preview, which is insane to think about. But um, the AFC North, they're barking right now.
5: Yep, absolutely. And in terms of that Packers versus Vikings game, what do you make out of the line? Right now, being the Packers, being a three to three and a half point favorite, because I do think that once you put the hook on three, then you went a little bit too far because the Vikings are one of the most befuddling teams ever to be able to handicap because you just mentioned it. They are 11 and own one score games. And I can't remember ever finding a team that has been in so many close games and has pulled out every one of them like the Vikings. And it's sort of like just rolling the dice at some point. You're going to come up snake eyes.
6: Yeah, I'll be completely transparent with you, Greg. I believe I am 2-5 and betting with or against the Vikings this year, so I don't have a really good read on them. They're just really good in in close games, like you said. But with this hook, Green Bay minus 3.5 at home, basically saying in a neutral field this is close to pick them or Green Bay is slightly favored. With that being said, I think the better team right now, especially if they can run the ball and control the clock, I like the Packers at home in the outside, in the cold at Lambeau Field. You're not going to get an amazing fourth quarter comeback from Kirk Cousins if there's weather conditions or bad conditions outside. So I like Green Bay here. I think the line is going to slowly move, creep up to maybe four, uh, maybe even four and a half, because I think the betting public loves to fade Minnesota, and they've just been showing everyone that they're winners.
5: Yeah, Ben, with the Vikings, the last time they won a game by more than one score... Week one against the green Bay Packers. So it has been very wild to take a look at that. And what else is wild for all the wrong reasons is what's happening in Denver right now. I'd be very surprised if Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, forget ends the season with the Denver Broncos. If he's the coach of them within the next 48 hours, I recognize that you can't fire a guy on Christmas, but I mean, have you ever seen such a bad situation with the Broncos because They still owe Russell Wilson north of $200 million. And the debate has been, is it Russell Wilson's fault? Is it Nathaniel Hackett's fault? I've been going with door number three. Yes, it's both of their fault.
6: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about Nathaniel Hackett's personal life, family life, nothing like that. But what I've seen on the field production-wise at the head coach position, Greg, I think he deserves to get fired on Christmas Day. I'm sorry. He's been terrible. Uh, The Broncos have been terrible. Uh, I know that the quarterback situation there is really bad and it's not helping him in any any way, but any big decision, any, uh, you know, when it comes to adjustments, Nathaniel Hackett just doesn't do anything. And like you, I think you said this in a previous show, he just hacks it, right? And he doesn't really do anything. And he doesn't put that team in position to win. And you saw a team that completely gave up on the game today, whether that's uh, you know the coach losing the team, whether they've already made uh, you know plans in the offseason. But giving up 50 points to a Baker Mayfield-led Los Angeles Rams team is really embarrassing, especially on Christmas Day.
5: Oh, I'm totally with you. And do you think that this could honestly lead to a little bit of a buy low spot on the Chargers? No doubt with the Chargers, we're going to be talking about them more in the next segment with... Monday Night Football because I noticed that after the Rams pulled off their big win against the Denver Broncos that this line that was a look at between 8, 8.5 depending upon where you were getting the number at this has dropped down to 7 and I think that the Rams were just beneficiaries of a Denver Broncos team that decided you know what it's Christmas day we have to be out here with these buffoons we're out of here guys thanks you can put up as many points as you want LA Rams we don't care at this point.
6: That's actually a very, very good look there, Greg. So the the Rams playing the Chargers next week, like you said, seven-point game, and it's moved away from that 8-8.5 eight, eight opening line. I think you're right. I think this is a great buy-low spot for the Chargers. Or not really buy-low, but kind of a sell-high spot for the Rams, yes. right? They had an amazing comeback with Baker's first game. It was a tough game the week after in Green Bay, 24-12 but they completely dismantled the Broncos. wasn't even a battle there today on the field. And you know that, you know, that stadium didn't really have any Rams fans. It was mostly Broncos fans in there, and it was, you know, pitch quiet there. So with that being said, I think you're right. I think it's a great Chargers spot for next week. Potentially, um, you might be getting the best number now because if the Chargers struggle tomorrow night on Monday Night Football, and we'll get into it in our next segment, uh, you know, that line might even be worse.
5: Yep, because with the Chargers, if they come out, they have a massive Monday night football performance. This probably goes north of seven. If you think that the Chargers struggle, if they barely squeak it out or if they lose outright, that number goes down. So it's a very interesting chess game, and you're sort of handicapping both games at the same time for lack of a better term as well, which I always find that to be interesting. And something else that has been so interesting to take a look at is because we've been talking about the Vikings pulling out so many one-score games. Feels like every single game that the Bucks win, it's because of a late yep. Tom Brady comeback. As a matter of fact, in three of their last four games, Tom Brady's had to lead them back when they've been tied or down in the final two minutes of a game with one of these dramatic drives. What do you make out of the Bucks and going into their game against the Carolina Panthers? Because I take a look at this Bucks team and – I even think that they're worse than their 7-8 and eight record would indicate because Tom Brady late in games has been the only reason why they've been able to win because they put up a lot of performances where they've looked like the far inferior team for the first 50-55 minutes.
6: Yeah, Greg, I completely agree with you there. If the Bucks had lost today, that game next week would have been basically for the division and a playoff berth. Um, you know, with them winning now, the game is not as important it's still a huge game right the winner of that game is most likely gonna uh be the representative of the nfc south with that being said it's another fourth quarter comeback for tom brady we've seen this all season long i think what happens is they hurry up uh they don't play you know no huddle offense and i think it just allows brady to read and react these defenses and we know from from a a brain standpoint from a football mind standpoint there's no one better in the history of the game than Tom Brady. So if you give him, you know, five out wide and he's able to read that defense, it's going to be great. So I think it's really on that offense and on Byron Leftwich to throw those no huddles and those temple, high temple type of possessions in earlier situations of the game to kind of just change uh, the flow of the game. Because you're right, the Bucs can't continue. To be outplayed for 55 minutes every single game and expect tom brady to bring them back to win the game so um, i think they're gonna hopefully make those adjustments as far as next week is concerned them being at six and a half point favorite some spots have it at seven if it gets up to seven i'd be pretty confident but we are coming off a carolina blowout win here against a red hut uh detroit lions team they ran all over that detroit uh, defense i think they had over 330 yards on the ground they i don't know if they can duplicate that against a bucks defense it has been pretty good as of late um i still like tampa bay in that game i think tom brady will be doing enough to get that cover
5: with the tampa bay buccaneers they've been such an interesting story and i do agree that the panthers have less talent but at this point there's just something about me that doesn't want to fade them and there's something that tells me that there's going to be some money to be made on Monday. As Albert, he's better known as the analytics capper, he's going to be joining me next. We're going to be talking a little bit about Monday Night Football, he's got a few takeaways from the NBA Christmas Day games as well. That's up next right here on VSN, The Sports Betting Network. You're
3: experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, The Sports Betting Network.
5: VEASAN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for just $79 and get access to everything that we do now through the big dance. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to be able to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recaps of all the top plays made by VEASAN show us and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, plus our ongoing college bowl coverage with best bets for every single bowl game. This is a limited time offer, so sign up for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VEASAN Pro Access all the way through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by Albert Wynn. You know him better as the analytics capper. And Albert, as we know, it is still the holiday season. Even though Christmas has came and passed, it's there's still time to be able to give gifts and receive gifts, and hopefully we can give some out here by taking a look at Monday Night Football in the form of some cash and some bankrolls, as right now the Chargers, they are a four-point favorite across the board with a total of mostly 45.5. I'm seeing one straight 46 out there. How do you view this game? Because with the Colts not having Jonathan Taylor out there and starting Nick Foles, I've got massive question marks as how they're going to be able to fare in this game. And I don't think it's going to be too positive.
6: Yeah, this is a very, very ugly game. Um, from a handicapping perspective, Greg, the grosser the play is, the more I like it personally. So yeah. I'm actually going to lean, I'm going to lean the Colts here. No, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Foles is in a starting quarterback. Um, I like the value when it comes to backup quarterbacks in general, when it comes to the NFL, and I, I lean the over as well. When you, when you look at the Colts' defense in the last two games, they've given up 39 and 54 points. That's 93 combined points in two games and over 900 yards of of, 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 of offense that they've given up on their defensive side. So I feel like their defense is not as good as it used to be, um, You know, obviously, with those numbers. And we're going to see a lot of opportunities for the Chargers to score. I think uh, a smart look here, especially when you uh, want to jump in at halftime, is if the Chargers are moving the ball but they're not scoring. You know, you know how you know that team gets in the red zone. They really, um, you know, cr- crunch up their their playbook and they don't really execute well. And then they go for fourth downs that they don't really convert. So they've done this all season long and they've done it for a couple of years, but if they move the ball up and down inside the twenties, um, I think they are going to be able to score a couple of touchdowns in the second half. So I like the over here and I, I lean the Colts plus four. So again, the grosser the play, the more I like it.
5: I do think that it's so interesting to take a look at this circumstance as well, because with the Colts, something that I take a look at with having Jonathan Taylor out is now they have to rely upon Zach Moss and I do think that with having a guy like Nick Foles out there, he's probably going to be looking to the ground game, especially early on if things get out of sorts, things get out of sorts. But I think that Zach Moss could be a very prevalent part of the game plan for the Colts. I don't know if he necessarily gets a ton of rushing yards, but I do think that they're going to be heavily involving the halfbacks, both of them in this game for the Colts, just because I do think that they probably just want to have Nick Foles gain a little bit of confidence early on during the game.
6: Yeah, just the way I look at it as well, Greg, like you have two teams moving in completely opposite directions. Colts have lost four straight. The Chargers have won three of the last four and are still in contention for a playoff spot. So they still have a lot of motivation and a lot to play for. And the spread is only four points. I think that's a little fishy and it's a backup quarterback. That's why I lean the Chargers there. They're only one in seven in their eight games. They haven't been playing well at all. Jeff Saturday has made a ton of coaching errors, and it, it looks like the moment is always too big for him every single week. And they're again, they're, they're only four points favorite, so they're four-point underdogs. So I do lean the Colts plus four, as well as the over here. Those two are pretty strong leans, maybe official plays for me by tomorrow night.
5: And you were speaking of the over, and something else that we noticed in the NBA is that if you were betting on overs in terms of the Christmas Day games, you're able to do relatively solid. I believe that three out of the five games did go over, and what are right now some of your biggest takeaways in the NBA, both from the Christmas Day games and overall, because right now when I take a look at the Futures board and I see things like the Brooklyn Nets still being 8-1 to to win the title, I feel like the odds makers have not moved a lot of these numbers a lot in terms of the Futures and in terms of power rankings on some of these teams, because I take a look at a team like the 76ers, like the New Orleans Pelicans, and I recognize for a lot of people, the NBA really doesn't start until Christmas, but I think that there are some badly undervalued and overvalued teams in the market.
6: Yeah. It's great. Christmas day slate five games, 10 marquee teams, 10 superstars. Um, The overs actually went four and one Greg, because of the overtime game tonight with the nuggets. Oh yeah. uh, Nuggets game. So the overs went four and one and the favorites ended up going four and one as well, straight up. So, um, a very good day for the public, bad day for the books there. With that being said, though, you're right. The 76ers are the the hottest team in the league right now. They took care of the Knicks, who are playing really well at home. Um, they've won eight straight along with the Brooklyn Nets. Both teams look uh, you know, primed to really make a run here as we get into the new year. And they haven't even been healthy all season long. Uh, they've been trying to—the Sixers, for example, have been— Seen, uh, you know, Joel Embiid in and out of the lineup. James Harden has been out. Uh, Tyrese Maxey still has not returned. So their top three players have been in and out all season long. They still have one of the best records in the East. You look at the Bru- Brooklyn Nets. You know, a lot of drama surrounding that team all season long, especially with the Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving uh, ordeal there. But Ben Simmons has been in and out. KD's been the one constant. I think Kevin Durant. Uh, I know we haven't really talked about MVP odds, but I think he is a sneaky long shot to win MVP because he is the one constant, consistent performer for the Brooklyn Nets. And if they somehow, you know, finish in the top two in the Eastern Conference, he definitely has to be in the discussion. With that being said, though, you're right. Um, Only about 30 games into the season so far. So about one, one third, one, you know, there's not much in terms of uh, knowledge and data that we have that is gonna really impact the second half of the year. So you don't really have a lot of odds changing when it comes to futures, uh, when it comes to titles or MVP odds, things like that. But I do think the best team in the West, I'm going out on the limb here, are the New Orleans Pelicans. I really like this team. They're super hungry. And the thing about them is they're motivated to do well in the regular season because they haven't had a, a dominant regular season basically forever. So I think they are going to try to win these games, whereas the teams that have been around and been successful for several years are going to be able to load manage or take some days off. We're talking about the Clippers, the Warriors, the Nuggets, uh, the Blazers, teams like that, the Suns. So I don't think they're really going to go for the number one spot, whereas the Pelicans, in my opinion, is aiming for that number one overall seed.
5: And you talk about the West right now, and how critical do you think it is going to be how these teams play the next few months? Because something that I found very interesting in just taking a look at what we've gotten to the NBA thus far, and I didn't even realize it until I dove into it further. There's one team in the Western Conference that has a record above 500 on the road this year, and that's the Nuggets at 9-8. and eight. Does it feel like home court advantage means a little bit more this year to you? Because to me, I think that it's been very big. And if the Pelicans are able to get a one or two seed, I think that that would be massive for their playoff futures.
6: That's a great insight, Greg, because a lot of these teams are winning at home, but they're not covering at home. And a lot of it is because a fourth quarter collapses, things like that. Um, And then a lot of times the the opposing team, the visiting team might be in your home arena on a second night of a back-to-back we know with the NBA, there's a lot of load management. A lot of these superstars sit out, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. So you're going to see a lot of home teams kind of dominate the win-loss record there. Uh, you're right. New, New Orleans Pelicans and, and the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, aforementioned Nuggets there, they have gr- a great home court advantage, whether it's the fans, whether it's elevation, whether it's the city. Um, I think they have a lot of things going for them. And I think the Pelicans, like I said, they're really gunning for that number one spot. And they haven't had their second best player healthy all year. Brandon Ingram's been out of the lineup. And I think if they can get him back, the Pelicans are really going to exceed.
5: Yep. And this is just an crazy stat right now with the NBA against the spread. Home underdogs, 96 six against the spread thus far this season. That is darn near 58%. I find that to be crazy. And is there maybe another NBA team or two that you take a look at and you think, man, they're really growing on me or they're growing on you in the opposite way and you really don't want any part of them until they show you something different?
6: Yeah, I think right now it's 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 a stay away for the Golden State Warriors. They are the defending champs. They've been in this situation year in and year out. They know what to do. They just want to get healthy uh, as they get into the playoffs. With that being said, though, with Stephen Curry out for about a month, that's 15 to 20 games. Um, I think they're gonna really struggle. They've been playing really well against the big teams. They just beat the Grizzlies today. They just beat the Celtics in a finals rematch uh, a week ago, but they're not gonna see those type of teams every single night. They're really playing down to their competition. And Greg, the issue with them is they play zero defense. And if they somehow squeak the playoffs, let's say they get hot, you know, once Stephen Curry gets back, they get in the playoffs. They're going to have to be on the road uh, for most likely three or four of those series, and I don't think they can get it done. So, to me, I think this, the the Warriors are a sell team right now.
5: And the Warriors have not been road warriors, but a man that is always a warrior. And coming on the show is Albert Williams, better known as Analytics Gapper. Does a great job breaking down everything. And in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, I give you my Monday Night Football picks here on Sports the Sportsmano.
4: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on vSEN, the sports betting network.
5: Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it is college bowl season. Log into Bet Rivers every single game day and receive on behalf of Bet Rivers a wager when you place a bet of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create the perfect game day experience for college football. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Have no fear. Just the final segment for today. We will be back with you tomorrow. And a big thanks once again to our good friend Albert Wynn, who joined me in the last segment. You know him better as the analytics capper. Typically, we do our VEASAN pro tips at the end of the hour, but we're going to give you guys a, an additional pro tip here. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of these. I've just got one piece of advice for anyone that May not have gotten exactly what they wanted for Christmas. Things might have went a little bit awry. When it comes to putting out the cookies and milk for Santa, put out the chocolate milk. Santa wants chocolate milk. This has not been disclosed in any of the movies. This is insider information right here that I am displaying with you guys. If you're not getting what you want on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, put out the chocolate milk. You're going to see better results. Trust me, I guarantee it. So that way, you will get exactly what you want. On a little bit more of a serious note, I know exactly what you guys want. It's some Monday Night Football picks, and we're going to be diving into that right about now And a little bit of a programming note after this show is done. If you're listening live, you're going to hear a replay of the Greg Peterson experience and the greatest pro tip that has ever been given out on this network just a second ago. And if you're listening to a replay, well... You're not going to hear that wonderful pro tip again. Instead, you're going to be getting Follow the Money, which is going to be coming your way 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. I do believe that we've got some guest hosts that are in today, as it is going to be Tim Murray and Sean King, the guys that you know from VEASAN Prime Time. So it's going to be prime time here on Follow the Money. So be on the lookout for that. And be on the lookout for Chargers and the Colts, as the Colts are a 4.0 underdog. Your total on this game is 45 and a half. And with the Colts, I just really can't pack a team that is being quarterbacked by Nick Foles. As I do recognize the last time Nick Foles took the field, it was actually a winning effort. He was on the Chicago bears last season. It was in December. The bears got it done by a count of 25 to 24 against the Seattle Seahawks. Most of the guys that played in that game are, well, not seeing meaningful action this year. So there is that. And, with Nick Foles, you just you have question marks because it's Nick Foles and it's not in a Super Bowl situation. So I mean that is pretty much the most simple of simple handicaps, but I've got zero faith in him whatsoever, though I do like what Justin Herbert has been able to do here with the Chargers. Now, I do think that Justin Herbert does throw an interception in this game. As a matter of fact, he threw last week against, he threw two last week against the Tennessee Titans. Spent a little bit intermiss, and the one thing that you do have with the Colts is the fact that the front seven, they're able to get pressure on the quarterback. You still have guys like DeForest Buckner, Quitty Pay, who you know that these guys are not gonna be stopping for anyone. Even someone like a Yannick Ngoku, who's gonna be able to do uh, who are gonna be able to do a nice job of being able to get home on the quarterback. So I mean that is the one positive that you do right now have with the Colts. They've been able to amass thirty nine sacks in fourteen games thus far this season, but When it comes to this Chargers team, I do think that they're going to be a little bit of a heat-seeking missile, and you've got one of the most versatile players in the NFL, and I do like his player prop over in terms of rushing and receiving yards, and that'd be Austin Eckler. Eckler this season, I mean, he's been okay in terms of the ground game. He doesn't necessarily do a ton there, but what he does a lot is being able to catch a ball. He's already got 95 receptions this year. It is very under the radar what Eckler has been able to do out of the backfield. He just is a big, giant safety blanket for Justin Herbert. I think that that's going to be very important, especially with a front seven the way that it is for this Colts team. I do think that on the flip side for the Chargers, they are going to be able to come up with a takeaway or two of Nick Foles. I was just talking about Nick Foles and the fact that, well, haven't seen them in quite a while. It's a Chargers team that has already gotten 10 interceptions as far this season. I recognize that the defense has been a little bit banged up this season, but now they're a team that all of a sudden is getting healthier. While so many of these other teams, they have been dealing with ailment upon ailment. We're seeing it a little bit more on the offensive side of things with the Chargers, with getting back guys like a Mike Williams being able to get back in the fold as well. They got back as well, Keenan Allen. These are guys that are going to be very meaningful and while you still have Joey Bosa out of the fold for the uh, Chargers, you still have guys like Kyle Van Noy in that linebacking core, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. in the secondary. So I do think that they're going to be rock solid on that front. And I think the big question mark that you've got with the Indianapolis Colts is what do you do in terms of this ground game? Because Zach Moss is someone that just really has not been able to develop as a rusher. I still remember really liking him out of Utah and He just was never able to find his footing with the Buffalo Bills. He is coming off of a week in which he did uh, tote the rock 24 times against the Minnesota Vikings. He and Deion Jackson, I think, ran it 36 times. So I think it's very clear what the Colts are going to be looking to do. They're going to be looking to run the ball, and they're going to be looking to run the ball heavily. And I do think that with Zach Moss, even though he's not known necessarily for catching the ball on the backfield a whole lot, at the very least, he's not known for that this year. In past years, Zach Moss has been able to pop out of the backfield. As a matter of fact, you go back to last season with the Buffalo Bills, he ran the ball 96 times and he got 23 receptions. So they were using him quite a bit as a pass catcher. He hasn't done as much of that this season. I do think that there's going to be a little bit more of that. I really can't take it over in terms of Zach Moss and his rushing number, just because I do think that he could get shut down a little bit. I'd be looking a little bit more for a rushing slash receiving prop, just because I do think that, for Nick Foles. He's going to need to get some easy passes completed. They're going to look to make things a little bit more simple on him in general. And I do think that they're going to look to build up his confidence early on in the game. So I do think that he's probably going to be giving Zach Moss a few looks. Big question is how much of Moss are we going to be seeing? Because also Deion Jackson, their other running back, he figures to get a lot of run in this game as well. So I do like both of these quarterbacks to throw an interception. With Herbert, you're getting plus 110 there. With Nick Foles, you're getting minus 130. But when it comes to passing yards, Justin Herbert's passing yards, it's just set sky high at 279 and a half. I really don't want any part of the under. I really don't want much of the over. But I do like Nick Foles under because just like I was talking about, how much of Zach Moss are we going to be seeing? I do think that they're going to be looking to run the ball. The Colts are towards the beginning part of the game. Or if they're going to be able to maintain it throughout the game, that is to be seen. But I do think that coming out of the locker room to begin the game, they are going to be looking to run the ball quite a bit more. So I do like the under in terms of his rushing yards. And then in terms of receptions, I just don't think that Gerald Everett is going to be having necessarily a big game here. I'm going to be going under three and a half receptions for him. Zach Moss, honestly, over one and a half receptions. I recognize that he's only gotten nine catches this year. I think that that's a very good look. I do think that the Colts are going to try to integrate him into this just flow. I think that they're going to be looking to just take the load off of Nick Foles. So I do think that Moss, even if he doesn't get a lot of yards, he's going to be able to get a few receptions. They're going to be looking for easy passes, confidence builders for Nick Foles. But in the end, I just don't think that it's necessarily going to be enough for the Indianapolis Colts. This is a Colts sponge, and they have just been very rudderless recently. We saw them in a Monday Night Football a few weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As a matter of fact, Bet's giving was riding on them being able to cover against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jeff Saturday showed why his last name is Saturday and not Monday Night. He, that was not great, to say the least, and for the Indianapolis Colts. Just a very strange offense. If there is one player that I don't really want to take an under on in terms of some of the receiving props, I'm not going to be taking an over, but I would avoid the under. That would be Michael Pittman just because regardless of the quarterback, he's been able to get 86 receptions thus far this season. He has been a very good concept for this team. So I do take a look at that, and I do think that that warrants a little bit of credence. But this is a situation where I do think that the Chargers, just getting healthier and healthier, they're going to be able to take care of business and. For that matter, if you're looking for a look at line, the Chargers laying approximately seven right now. That look at line was eight before the Rams put up 51 points against the Denver Broncos. That's something I would look at right now because if you, like me, think that the Chargers win and cover this number minus four, that is what I'm on. I'm on Chargers laying four points then you probably want to take a look at this number right now. Because if the Chargers come out, have a big performance against the Indianapolis Colts, that number that was eight prior to Sunday, that probably goes back to seven half, eight like we were seeing prior to the game. So I do think that it's very important to take a look at that right now. It's a circumstance where I'm going to be on the under in this game. I don't trust the Colts to really score much with a guy. Nick Foles has thrown as many passes in a meaningful NFL game as myself this season. We're going to be taking a look at both quarterbacks to throw in an interception, taking a look at the under on passing yards for Nick Foles, currently finding that at 223.5. I do like Austin Eckler over his rushing and receiving yards as well at 90.5. Eckler has been just amazing out of the backfield in general and going to be taking a look at Gerald Everett under 3.5 receptions as well. And that does lead us into a little bit more of a more traditional pro tip here on V-CIN. Visa slash subscribe. For all these, you're able to sort them out by show and by sport. When it comes to taking a look at player props in the NBA and just a lot of sports, take a little bit more of a look at the under. So many people love to be able to bet the overs. You're going to find if you go to social media, you've got like 100 million billion people posting up player props and Go figure, like all of them are on the over. You're able to find some nice value on unders as a result. And you've got great value with Tim Murray and Sean King coming up on Follow the Money right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network coming up at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern.